family, welcome back to the new scoreboard, Love God Like Sports, here again with Brian Davidson. Brian, how are you doing today? Pretty good, although my, my coffee cup just ran out. Like, what do I do now, Nate? I mean, that's, you know, the Christian's drug of choice, right? It so, is. Well, you know, I, I, you were telling me that your youngest, Joanna, is in town. So, you know, what you could do is uh, convince her to come in and refill for you. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Hey, Joanna? <laughs> Uh, I don't think it's going to happen, Nate, but, you know, <laughs> that was a great suggestion, although she is amazing. Um, yeah, special day for our family, Nate. It's uh, our gotcha day. Five years ago today, God divinely orchestrated the bringing three brothers yeah. from northern, northern Ghana through a wild ride uh, to our home in uh, less than one week's time. Yeah, and miraculously, when we weren't looking to adopt, and God just crazily threw another woman who asked us to take in three boys who needed a home desperately, and we did. And from the time we said yes to the time they got here was less than a week, and wow, we are going to celebrate all week long this five-year anniversary of having uh, Gid the Kid and Caleb and Josh as our, our son. So great great day here in the Davidson household. Yeah, yeah. And so we uh, today's going to be a little bit shorter because I know you guys are celebrating and you are so excited for that. So um, let's go ahead and um, just dive right in uh, because today right. we're going to be talking about um, another P, Promises. Um, you know, we, we've kind of made it a P so that way we can, um, you know, continue the theme of the P's, but you want to delve more deeply into the aspects of covenants. And so talk to us about that word covenants. Well, Nate, that's right. Let's, um, our, our P word today is promises. And as uh, most uh, people are familiar that are followers of Christ, they know that God Another word for promise, sort of speak, not exactly the definition, but is covenants. And God made a number of different covenants with his people throughout Scripture. Um, let, me, let me just read you for a second, just so we get a little bit of a, a base, what we're talking about here. There's an article in the Christian Worldview Journal, uh, which I'd love to refer people to. It's on the introduction to covenants. And it really just helps with our developing a biblical worldview. Um, but it, it's a good read for people who aren't familiar with covenants. Um, covenants really are like the backbone of, of Scripture, God's promises uh, to his people. Uh, as God extends his love so generously to us um, in unmerited ways, you know, and it's, it's this unshakable commitment to his creation, to his, to us, to his humans, you know, and for his plans for both his creation and for us, his cre um, creators <laughs> that yeah. he created, right? Yeah. So um, he has a, he has, um, let me read to you like a little definition. Covenant refers to the act of God in freely establishing a mutually binding relationship with humankind. Through the covenant, God bestows blessings on humans in conditional 
and unconditional terms. Conditionally, God blesses humans as they obey the terms of the covenant. Unconditionally, God bestows blessings on humans regardless of their obedience or disobedience to the terms of the covenant. God made covenants with Noah, with Abraham, with Moses, and with David. But above all of them, God has fulfilled these covenants and has inaugurated the new covenant in Christ, which is for all people who trust in him. And you can read that in Hebrews 9, 15, 27, 28. So that's kind of the, the backdrop for this word promises. Mm -hmm. You know, God made promises with his creation, with his creatures, us. And now I've kind of taken that and felt like, wow, you know, I've looked at a lot of the issues that families can kind of face within the sports environment and kind of felt like, you know, we probably need to have covenants with each other, promises with each other, beginning, first of all, with fathers to their children. Mm. And so I've, I've come up with a few. I think everybody needs to make their own. And let me give you like a few examples that might be helpful for uh, fathers to, to think about. And I would really recommend they write these out. They even laminate them on a card, carry them in their wallet, give one to each of their children. Um, I, I think that would that's a resource I, I think we're going to develop. But I, you can do it on your own. And you can kind of put your, you know, you might have some of the similar ones that we have in our family, but then you may have others that are pertinent to your family as well, too. But there are some that are real important to all families and to all fathers yeah. <laughs> in the environment competitive sport. Let, let me go over a couple of them and uh, see, tell me what you think. You can give me some response to them. But um, I think um, the first uh, four or five, they're kind of, I will not. Mm -hmm. um, I will, and the first one is, I will not evaluate your performance uh, in athletics, unless you ask me. Mm. So that is a game changer because we all know what I'm trying to do is look for solutions here, right? For, for families that are followers of Christ, they really can be um, devoted to God and that their character and conduct kind of match with something that's pleasing to God. And one of those things that we find out in sports is that 72% of kids drop out by the age of 13 that start at age five. And what happens is it's no longer fun to them. And one of the main reasons kids lose the fun in sports is because they dread the after game ride home with dad, where they will hear an evaluation of their performance mm. um, that hasn't been asked for. And that robs the joy from the kids playing sports. And so this first covenant, this first promise from a father to son is like, I'm not going to evaluate your performance. It's not what this is going to be about. And, and I know some people will argue with me here, Nate, and say, well, you know, 
they try to like come up with all these like little loopholes a little bit like well i can help him get better that's not what i'm talking about i'm not talking about being out in the backyard and having fun and playing with them and helping with their batting uh stance or if it's baseball or how to throw a football or little things like that you're just doing together and enjoying and teaching in the backyard what i'm talking about is and you and people know if they'll just really hear what i'm saying here is too often times we at a very young age are evaluating the performance of our children's play and it's robbing the joy it's something that the kids do not look forward do not oftentimes appreciate at all and i heard there was a there was a family and it just jumped out at me they were having a problem with this and the mom finally stepped up and said to the dad listen do not evaluate his performance anymore unless they asked for it and they said that was a game changer yeah and and too often times we think we know better especially like if that dad has played the particular sport or was a good athlete then they feel like they have all these answers and ways and means of of helping the kids become better and i don't think they're oftentimes malicious in their performance evaluations some are some people are they're ruthless and they're hard-nosed but a lot of people are are trying to help i think good natured wise but if we hear the feedback for kids over the years we're hearing that listen it's robbed the joy for me it's taken away from the fun of my playing and i can never please my dad no matter what i do there's always like Hey, good game, son. But here's remember what we talked about here or there, um, and and it's just it's just not fun for the kids. And and I'll tell you, if you can go on a hockey site, I, I think it's the Canadian National Hockey site. They have a hilarious. I'll try to put it up on Mike Sports Love God. I'll put a link there to it. They have a, a hilarious little illustration, and uh, it 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 has the four dads playing golf and it has um the kids there and one of the kids he's probably i don't know 8 10 12 years old you know young mm-hmm. and the dad's getting ready to, to do a putt and you know there he is um and he's giving them all these instructions and you know then they're riding home afterwards and he's he's um you know driving the car and the dad's in the other seat, seat and they're just like He's evaluating his performance. You know, remember we had talked about this. Why didn't you do that? You know, and <laughs> and this is what you need to do better. And it was just like eye-opening. You know, it was hilarious, but so true. Yeah, that, you know yeah. what I mean. So that's a big one. That's number one promise. Yeah, and I think that's so important. You know, years ago, I remember this. Um, my martial arts instructor growing up. You know, as his children were growing and getting older. Uh, One of the things he said was, you know, if my children want to do martial arts, I will find them one of the best teachers that I can, but I will not teach my children because I know my personality, I know their personality, and I know it would not work to help and try to train them in doing the martial arts just because we would not work well together. Um, Them being my children, it works very differently in this 
environment of sports in that relationship than it would if I were, say, you know, a school teacher or something like that. And even school teachers sometimes can have problems teaching their own children. He said, but, right. but I just, I remember that so vividly. And when E came to live with Joy and I, I remember finding some of those same things that he was talking about that I would, I would set down to try to train him and teach him like he was any other student, but he wasn't. He's a student who's living with Joy and I, who's a part of our family, and it was very difficult. So right. I found him a teacher who could actually teach him and could handle him as a regular student. Exactly. Great, great point, Nate. And and I think we just have to like, I mean, we just have to think about this a little bit from a different perspective, but I know it's going to be very, very hard for some, but I, I, I pardon the pun, promise you right. that what's most important is, is the relationship that you have. And I promise you, your kids will really, really appreciate it. And, and, and I say, like, if, if you are someone who knows a lot about that sport or whatever, don't do the valuations afterwards, you know, go out and play the next day, the next week or whatever with them. And maybe, you know, you can discreetly, like without mentioning the last game or what they didn't run off, you know, talk about different situations as you're playing, you know, um, or, or working into your, just your fun times where it really truly stays fun and you really are, you know, teaching and they appreciate it. They're okay with that. And if they don't want it, don't give it to them. You know, don't, you know, let it go and let the coaches coach, you know, yeah. your son and all. So that's yeah. number one. You ready for two? All right, let's hear it. Okay. So one, I will, I'll never evaluate your performance after the game, unless you ask me. Number two is I will not yell instructions to you from the sidelines or stands. Ooh, I think some people are so, taking a, a huge <laughs> sigh right now. <laughs> uh, I mean, like nightmare. Uh, but we got to get a hold of this. Um, it's a disaster. Think about it from the child's perspective. And I've literally had older kids write to me about one of the biggest issues after the performance of evaluation is their parents yelling instructions to them from the sidelines or the stands. Because you have to look, there's that child. He's in the midst of playing the game. His coaches are giving instructions to the team. Captain, players are all talking. And then there you are also chiming in. And what happens sometimes is the instructions, these parents who think they know what you know they're doing – or they think they might be helpful, they're actually uh, contrary to some of the instructions of the coaches. And some dads don't care. They think they know better anyway. So they want to be telling the right thing. But it's no place. It's no time. It's putting that child in a very dad, uh, very bad predicament. Do I listen to my dad? Do I listen to my coach? Do I, do I do what I was told to do, what I think I'm supposed to do, or whatever, or am I listening to? And what it does is it's, it's putting pressure on them. Uh, it's taken away from their focus of playing, having to listen to you and process while they're playing. And again, it's adding another discouraging element to youth sports. And uh, it's, uh, there's, a, there's, a, 
there's a little cartoon. It's hilarious. I I wish I knew the name of the actual cartoon, but I mean, I can see it clearly. It's two little kids, probably five or six years old, and they're watching a TV. And on the TV is um, a, a soccer game. And the they're talking to each other. And the caption says, the reason they can play that good, it's, and it's kind of like one of, it, what it's insinuating is the little boys asked his little bit older brother, you know, how come they're playing so good? And the response is the reason they can play that good is their parents aren't yelling at them from the sidelines. <laughs> and it's hilarious. You know? <laughs> but it's, it's, we know it's a national um, dilemma epidemic is parents yelling things from the sidelines instructions. And it's uh counterproductive uh, towards that child's performance and to his enjoyment in playing. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that, you know, we as believers in particular stress honoring your mother and father, you know, obey your parents and the Lord for this is right. Um, Could we say safely though, that as a child, you know, if, if, if we do have teens and parents who listen to this together, that as parents are working on this, can we tell children that in the area of competitive sports, when your coach tells you to do something, because of the ranking of authority, your coach takes precedence over what your parents say in the stand? Can we say that fairly? Yeah. I, th- I really do think we can. You know, I mean, I'm sure there are, are some exceptions to that and loopholes and, you know, people will will mention that. But what we're talking about here is game instructions, yeah. um, game yeah. plans, uh, the, the teaching that's going on there. And if you disagree with it, which I mean, listen, it was difficult for my kids because I had coached at a higher level soccer. So when they played. I probably did, and I don't mean this from a proud standpoint, but I probably knew more than their recreational coaches. I hope I did. You know, I had a lot more training. Right. Um, and in the early days, some dads hadn't even played soccer, you know, let alone taken a coaching course at a high level or whatever. But, you know, so I obviously knew more, and it was really hard. And unfortunately, I, I tried not to um, – I had to be careful with what I did said, but I still said way, way too much. And if I had to do it all over again, I would just shut my mouth. And now, you know, with my boys, people almost think I'm too quiet um, oftentimes because I just, you know, I just sit there and, you know, I, you know, some parents go, wow, Josh just made a good play. You know, I'll give them a little thumbs up, but I'm not, you know, or my younger boys, I, I do not think it's beneficial um, to be yelling instructions at them. And I think what you said is they need to obey and listen to their coaches. And if if I have, you know, trouble with what their coaches are saying, I guess I could go say something, but I just don't think I ever would in that case. Yeah. You know, um, it, it's just not it's not appropriate. It's not appropriate. Go out in the backyard and play with your kids, you know, teach them some of the things and all. And, but, you know, I, I know what happens is that, that, that parents just think they so know better, especially those dads who played that particular sport. And, um, 
you know, what, what they end up doing is end up coaching their kids, which is another set of issues can be, can be great, but can cause some other issues and all. But I think what you're saying is, and what I'm saying is we need to make a promise not to be yelling out instructions from the sideline yes. um, to our kids at all. So, yeah, no, that's great. What is um, the next promise? I will not yell at the ref. Ooh. So uh. I, I I think yeah, we we have but we have to model it though. That that's what I'm talking to. This is the new scoreboard is about love God like sports. And you know, two aspects we talk about is love God, love your neighbor. We have to love God so much that we understand that in the sporting environment, our love for God needs to overflow into our neighbors. And that includes that referee who is our neighbor. And we cannot be modeling for our, our sons and daughters um, negativity, yelling from the stands, inappropriate behavior towards referees. And, and we cannot, when they get in the car, and, you know, uh, we also have to we have to do just the opposite as well, too, like in, in terms of like some get in the car and we've had kids, friends of ours or whatever, get in the car afterwards and say, oh, you know, after a loss and blaming the referee. And listen, we all know referees make mistakes. You know, it's it's human. That That's just part of it. It's going to happen. But like, I do not want my child making excuses for their losing, you know, um, that is a, just a bad direction to be going. And so we need to respect authority. We need to know that they're human, that they do make mistakes. We do need to forgive them. That's what needs to be coming from us. So we need to model it in the stands of the sidelines. And we also need to model it in our discussions and conversations. And hey, we may acknowledge, yeah, they did make a mistake on that that play. That was a bad call. It, it, it is a bummer. But you know what? You know, like in a soccer game, that was 90 minutes long. There were all sorts of other opportunities. Look at, you know, we, we had some mistakes, right? <laughs> you yes. know, like we had chances to put the ball in the back of the net and we didn't. We made some mistakes defensively that led to their goals. You know, so like, hello, you know, like, and and this is part of it and it's going to happen. And we need to embrace that and understand that. And, and with our kids, be sure that we're not yelling from the stands. Number one, cut it out. Stop yelling at referees, moms and dads from the sidelines. Yeah. You're too in, invested if, if that's going on. And what I mean is invested in a very negative way on the outcomes of those games. Because truthfully, life happens where things happen to us that go wrong. We're going to be wronged by people. And there's great teaching in the fact of having to deal with how we respond when we've been wrong in situations, you know, but then also to accept our responsibilities where we've been wrong or we failed and fallen short and, and realizing there's no place to make for making excuses to putting on blame to uh, referees uh, in, in contests and, and every time we lose. It's just very, very bad sportsmanship. It's very bad um, representation of a follower of Christ. Um, 
Yeah. And yeah. It's and a we've... very bad modeling of if we're yeah. Proverbs 22, six, train up your children in the way to go. I mean, that, that's not the way to go. We don't want them doing that. Right. And we've spent um, a lot of time in previous uh, podcasts talking about this. So I don't want to spend a ton more time on it um, since we have discussed this particular issue in the past. Um, and again, for the sake of time, um, you know, we're, we're going to move a, a little quickly through this one. Um, what is our, the next promise that you have there, Brian? Well, and the fourth promise is I will not live vicariously uh, through your sports son or daughter. And I, I think it's important just to acknowledge that. And they'll say, well, what does that mean when they're young? Is that, listen, you know, I played sports, loved them. This is how far I went, but I don't want to live my life through your sports. I want you to enjoy your sports. Um, and so I'm not going to live vicariously through there. And number five promises, I'm not going to make you play my favorite sports. Mm. Uh, hey, son and daughter, play your favorite sport. What sport do you want to play? <laughs> you know, yeah. um, and have the free have the freedom to do that. I, I, and I, I think I might've mentioned this in other broadcasts, but in case someone didn't hear it, I, I said to my son one time, he was older and I'd realized that he was playing soccer and he liked soccer, but perhaps he wanted to play something else, but I was known as like Mr. Soccer. And so, yeah, I had to say to him, son, listen, you are released from having to play soccer just because our family's been a soccer family. Play whatever you want. And it was a great discussion. And he went on to run cross country and had a great experience and loved it. But being sure that our kids have the freedom, they don't feel like, oh, dad's going to love me more if I play his sport or dad really wants me to play his favorite, you know, baseball because he played baseball. You know, I, we cannot do that to our kids and, and grandparents shouldn't do their, that to their grandchildren either. Okay, here, here's another one. Um, uh, I will be more concerned about who you are becoming than what you achieve in sports. I will be more concerned about who you're becoming than what you achieve. Meaning, here's my promise is that my focus is going to be on your spiritual formation. That's my biblical mandate to train you up in the way to go from God's perspective. And so what I want to be sure of is your representation. So if you're having problems with the referee or you're having problems with self-control or anger or you're doing some things that are, you know, gamemanship oriented, cheating wise, we're going to talk about that a little bit because that's part of the spiritual formation in there. And because what I want to be most concerned about is who are you becoming uh, through your athletic performance. And I don't want you, if you're very, very good, to become all puffed up and full of yourself yeah. and developing uh, a pride, you know, in your life. Um, I don't want your identity to be in what you do. I want it to be in who you are as a child of God and an heir to God, to the King of Kings, not about your performance as an athlete. So um, I, that's, that's going to be so, so important. Um, another one, another one is I, I, number seven I, we have is I want to model for you crazy love to our neighbors. So I, I want to crazy love. So that 
referee you, you may be having trouble with, I want to go over and shake his hand at the end of the game. You know, I want to um, compliment other players and other families and other teams for their sons and their performances and other coaches. Um, I want to, hey, acknowledge that we've got a family or a situation or a, um, a teammate of my kids that's having some challenges with their self-control, whatever, and say, hey, let, let's let's pray for them. Like, how can we love them? Uh, even though we maybe disapprove of their behavior, you know, uh, what can we intentionally do there rather than just trying to close them off or, or gossip behind them or speak, you know, behind their back or whatever. Um, and, and, you know, we, we're not going to be gossiping about the coaches, bad decisions they've made or who they should be playing and they aren't playing right now, things like that. Um, I want to model crazy love for our neighbors. Um, and that's a those that's an, another good one. A couple of the others. Um, uh, I will uh, pray <laughs> for your heart. And this kind of goes along with a six. Um, and I'll pray, and we'll talk more about what matters most to God in the sports environment than just uh, the actual. Uh, plays or, or sports itself, you know, all the water cooler talk, so to speak, you know, so I want to talk more about what matters most to God in the sports environment, rather than just always just about the sport itself. Hey, we're going to have fun conversations about how we did and play. We're not ignoring that totally. We're enjoying that. But I want to be sure that my conversation with what matters most to God um in sports and who they're becoming exceeds that of just talking about sports all, all the time with my kids. I mean, from the radio or ESPN or watching on Saturday, you can just get into like constantly, constantly talking about just sporting happenings and current events and performances and all. And I just think that makes us way too one dimensional. Like, you know, we do that all the time. We go into our Sunday schools or whatever, and it's just always about the Ravens or the Cowboys. You know, it's okay. It's not wrong. But, like, there's more to life, people. You know, like, right. what what else is going on? Uh, okay, avoid politics right now. That's probably a good one to avoid. <laughs> but um, let's talk about <laughs> some other things right now and also. And then maybe, you know, um, uh, ways in which I want to make a promise to you that uh, son or daughter, that we are going to really enjoy sports together. Um, and anytime it's no longer fun, we're not going to do it. So we want to be sure you're having a ton of fun uh, playing, that you want to do this, uh, that you're enjoying it and you have no uh, pressure for me. And I, And I want you to know that and we, we joke about this in the car, you know, Gideon will have a good game or Caleb or whatever. And we'll say, uh, wow, you had a great game today, man. I love you a lot more today uh, because you played so well. And they'll go, no, you don't, dad. You know, no, because my love's unconditional for you. You know, right. your performance is there. And that's a theme that we say over and over. That's my, I promise you is that, Hey, 
my love for you is never going to change. And some people will say, oh, yeah, well, that goes without saying. Well, let me just tell you, the kids don't feel that way. Yes. They don't perceive that from us sometimes, you know, and that's unfortunate. And I know that because some kids have told me that grown up kids now who have looked back, who have felt that way and all. So and, and I want them to know when you play in athletics, there are there can be some difficult seasons or some difficult games that you're a part of. Hey, that's just part of playing sports. Your mom and dad will always be there for you um, through the good times and the bad times. You know, we're going to be consistent with you there. So those are kind of, you know, the top fives were kind of I will not. The the six through tens were kind of I wills. And um, you can change those around, add to them them or whatever but i think it's good for fathers to do i we we have moms do it but we have moms do it differently and their big promise is to write out like a little paragraph or something or short thing where they're going to make a promise to their kids that they're going to keep their family um from being polluted by the world of sports and they're going to um be sure that they keep family first, you know, faith first, family, um, and they're not going to have our lives controlled by youth sports. Um, and they're going to be willing to speak up about that and to say things. And they're, they're going to promise to keep dads accountable, too, um, for their behavior. And uh, moms have moms. What, what's their promise? Well, they need to make a personal message to their kids and to their husbands of just um, that balance that they're going to um, kind of infuse into the whole youth sports realm. Because a lot of moms are sitting there quietly and they don't say too much and they know things are broken in youth sports and their family is paying a deep, deep price and cost mortgaging much of their family time and the well-being and their their dinner times and discipleship times for youth sports, and it's out of balance. And so I want moms to embrace a little bit of a positive message, kids, that they, they're going to keep that balance uh, within the family. And then you can also think about, Nate, um, whether or not you want their kids to kind of say, you know, this is, this is my promise. These are my commitments uh, to you, my parents. Uh, as far as how I'm going to represent our family here and how I'm going to represent God, mm. you know, God, here's my promise to you, you know, um, that I want to write down. And so these kind of become our commitments to each other. And we will we will talk about and we can use these when we break them, when I break them as a dad or they break them as a child or whatever, or when mom sees things getting out of balance that we can we have something to go back to and talk about. We can you know, seek forgiveness for each other. We can have, you know, kids say to us, we can have our little conversations of like, hey, dad, like you made a com you, you made a covenant, you made a promise not to be yelling instructions. And I just I'm hearing you, dad. And and please, can can we can we stick to those promises? I think that's okay said in the right way to have those conversations as family members, one to another. Mm. Yeah. So good. And so, uh, appreciate this, uh, topic in particular. And really, I think what we've been seeing in the past 
couple of weeks is there are a lot more practical um, ideas and applications that parents are going to need to start putting into play in order to uh, – change their, you know, the way they're interacting in this environment of competitive sports. Um, and so I just want to put it out there right now that um, you're listening to this. We're going to do one more next week, and then we're going to be taking a, a kind of a winter break. We're going to take a break throughout the holidays. We want families to just enjoy their family time together. This is going to be a transition time where families are transitioning out of soccer and baseball, start transitioning into uh, basketball. And so I think this is a good kind of time to hit the reset button on where your family is in competitive sports and really take a look at and evaluate, okay, we're entering this new season of sports. How do we want our family to look? And so take this time that we are, that we're breaking and that we are setting um, aside so that uh, we over here at the new scoreboard can be with our families um, and really, you know, focus and reevaluate where you all are in your families and especially with your families in the area of competitive sports. Um, again, thank you so much, Brian. We want to sign off because we want to let you get to your family. Um, so remember, all of the things that we've talked about today are only possible through the glory of the impossible.